You're listening to Off the Court, a show dedicated to making you the best version of yourself as an athlete and as a person. I'm Coach Jack, CEO and owner of Close the Gate Hoops. If you want to take your life and game to the next level, this is the podcast for you. Let's get it. Welcome back, CTG friends. Today we got episode two, the fastest way to grow in anything. Today, my guest, one of my great buddies, Aaron Leverson, who actually is probably going to be a future CTG coach for us in our 3v3 league this summer. Hello, everybody. My name is Aaron. I've been friends with Jack since we were about 10 years old. I'm currently enrolled at UROC here in Janesville. I stayed home this year because of COVID, and uh, I previously attended UW Lacrosse. So, Jack, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So a recap of our last episode, it was a huge success, over 150 downloads. And I was actually surprised we didn't get a lot of critique, but me and Sam were FaceTiming the other day as we were going through the CTG podcast timeline, and Sam came up with a great idea. So you guys have now been crowned as the gatekeepers. So when I talk to you, I'll be like, what up, my gatekeepers? So this goes back to what does close the gate even mean, and I haven't even explained this yet. It's a defensive terminology as if court is our house. And the paint, the outside of the paint, there's fences around the outside line of the paint, okay? And obviously, to get inside through a fence, there's a gate. And the goal on defense is to close the gate, all right? We don't want to let people else get by us. We don't want them to open our gate. So Sam came up with a great idea is that you guys are going to be called gatekeepers. So it's a name that I can call you guys, and it's directly correlated with what close the gate actually means and in terms of the animal name i love that idea and one really funny one of my students mitchell coombs said he wants us to be called the fishies and i asked him why and he said he had no idea i thought that was pretty funny that's a good one (laughs) also if anyone else wants to tag along for this journey don't hesitate to reach out aaron you were one of the first ones right away that said you want to be on and i thought that was awesome if any of you guys want to be a guest or help with anything in terms of youtube contact or any way you want to join, I'd be happy to have you join. One thing I wanted to talk about too before we get in the meat and potatoes, Aaron, I have currently been working on over the last month an online program to sell to the global audience, not just Janesville, Wisconsin, but I have to start somewhere. So I'm letting you guys know right now I am starting an online program called How to Fix Your Shot Mentally and Physically for Coaches and Players. We all know that probably the most important attribute in today's day and age is being able to shoot the ball because if you can't shoot, you're going to have a lot of problems in terms of your other attributes because everything goes back to the defense guarding you closely, which opens up so many other opportunities. But this program will consist of the knowledge needed to know about your shot. So that's like innovative terminology and then the drills needed to implement those terminology into muscle memory. We would then add the mindset, which I think is the most important part because you could have the best athlete in the world, the best skilled player in the world, the best work ethic in the world. But if they don't have the right mindset, everything comes tumbling down. So I like saying the mindset is the base of our house. I'm sure none of you have, but if you ever do build something like a house or a shed, the foundation has to be perfect or everything else is a lot worse. And that's what the mindset is. So I just want you guys to be ready for that. The launch will happen soon. So Aaron, thank you for being on our show. Let me give a good introduction to her, Aaron. This guy is an insanely gifted athlete. He did three sports through whole 
high school career, yep. He played cross country, basketball, and track, and he was most of the time the best player on their team each time he did that. But I wanted to talk to you, Aaron. What was your biggest takeaway from when you were on your running teams between cross country and track? And then your biggest takeaway from basketball in terms of how they coexisted now and are leading up to your life today. In basketball, I think that my biggest takeaway was definitely like the social aspect of it and growing up with all of my teammates since we were in like fourth grade it like it's all it was about a community we were kind of a community that grew up together Mm -hmm. and um it definitely helped me with my ability to communicate effectively and to work on conflict with each other you know and because that stuff can translate other aspects in your life like in your family you know if your family's having a conflict you learn how to deal with that kind of stuff from being on a team and um, like uh what was that thing you told me the other day you were at draft house and what happened uh you were oh, holding the tabletop oh, I, I uh when i spilled the tray yeah yeah, yeah. Like i that. mean it's like i was able to kind of communicate with them and just be like i'm sorry uh, is there anything i can do and they were just they were super cool about it it helped that i was able to communicate with them and like tell them i'm sorry and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah the communication working together just that kind of team aspect and then running side of my sports career i definitely think that was more i was more on my own at in that stage Mm -hmm. i guess so it was more about like just being able to get my mind to focus and be determined and work hard without having that kind of accountability from teammates so i was like it was basically like my own mind game just being able to you know get up for those 6 a.m workouts or do 10 out of 10 reps when i instead of doing 9 out of a 10 Mm -hmm, for sure so what what was your 800 time your senior year uh it was a 155 okay and that was what second in state yep i got second at the state meet. okay so i didn't have his exact statistics but he's he's a really good runner you guys i want you to know that so what is the fastest way to grow and this is a question i've been giving my students for a few months now in their notebooks and they'd come back with the answers and the question was what is the fastest way to grow in not only basketball but life as well and the words I gave them were being blank. And the blank was 13 letters. And this was actually a really tough one for not only students, but students, if they can't get it, they'll get help from their parents. And the parents couldn't even really get this one either. But the answer is being uncomfortable. A great example of this is I used to hate speaking in front of others. I remember one time when I I went to St. John Vianney Elementary School and we used to do these speech contests. I never got bad grades. Like I'm a perfectionist in that way. I couldn't get less than an A when I was at SJV, but I purposely failed the speech contest so I wouldn't have to speak in front of people. And that's an example. I shied away from being uncomfortable. But now, since the more and more I've gotten to talk to people and I've been in that uncomfortable situation, it's literally my job to talk to kids and talk to parents. That's funny because the reason I picked up the job at Draft House as a server was because I wanted to also become more comfortable like speaking to people like that and just being able to communicate with people. I had to kind of make myself be uncomfortable in that setting so I could, you know, really be able to like communicate effectively and things like that. And like what we're doing right now, talking on this podcast, it's just me, Aaron, and two microphones. It's way harder than it looks. The first time I did it with Sam last week, I was literally sweating through my shirt. I was so nervous for no reason but this gets into what i'm about to talk about here and that's always start before you're ready 
you got to throw yourselves into things when you know you're not ready because you're never going to be ready unless you start to do it. This is one of the best things I've started implementing into my life, but mainly the business aspect portion of close the gate. I have no idea what I'm doing right now, like this podcast, but I threw myself into it because I wanted to start it and influence and impact more people. And like other examples are how to make YouTube content. I have no idea how to do that, but I just had to throw myself into it and do it. Along the way, I've learned now how to talk in front of a camera, talk in front of a microphone better, but by no means am I perfect. But by throwing myself into things and whatever you're doing in life, I can grow quicker because of it by just starting before I'm ready. And this is the same concept as your greatest teacher is always going to be your experience. That's what you're going to learn from the most. And that's how you're going to grow fastest is from what you experience. And by throwing yourselves into things before you're ready, you're going to learn much quicker. And I got this. My mom sent me a time hop. She always is sending me time hop videos. Uh, but the other day, it was me driving in a blizzard when I was 15 and a half years old. And this was the first day I got my temps of driving. So I've never driven a car before. And the caption of the video, you've got to learn at some point. And that's what my dad said and I had my whole family in the car for the first time driving through a blizzard. But my dad applied this attitude too in his life you've got to learn at some point, you got to experience it at some point, you just got to start before you're ready. Yeah, that that reminds me, it's just as simple as when I was learning to drive the moped, I, when I went to pick up my moped, when I first got it, it was pouring rain. It, I didn't know it was going to pour, but once I got there, it just started pouring. So I had to drive all the way home in the pouring rain, you know, I had to deal with how I was slippery, turning corners oh my and stuff. Gosh. So just things like even simply just learning how to ride a moped, you know, it, it applies to a lot, a lot more things than people think. What I urge you guys to do by knowing this is chase the feeling of uncomfortability. And this gets into a concept called letting your brain self-organize. And this is basically when your brain learns and adapts without you even knowing or thinking about it. Because a lot of times I bet you, you didn't consciously try to talk to people because you were uncomfortable. But over time, the more and more you did that, you started to get more comfortable with people without thinking. Your brain was self-organizing every single time you were uncomfortable and slowly over time, your brain would say things without you even knowing like, oh, this isn't so bad. Oh, I could do this again. This is easy. You know what I mean? That's how we start the adaptation of being comfortable with something. And the more we adapt, the faster we grow. Okay, and we can't adapt unless we're uncomfortable in the first place. So I encourage you guys to chase and then stay outside the comfort zone always. This will then lead you to reaching your full growth potential. I say full growth potential a lot because like if there was a bar of potential of you being your best self, if you're outside your comfort zone the entire time, you'll have the chance to fill that bar to the top. And if you haven't followed our Twitter, I, I strongly encourage you to do so. We post motivational quotes on there every single day. And a couple of them that I did this week were directly related to this podcast topic. But one of them was you have to do the things that you can't do. And that's kind of a weird sentence. And if you repeat that to yourself, you have to do the things that you can't do. Okay. And this is directly correlated with being uncomfortable with something. You have to do the things that you've never done before. And the number one quote said by the average person is I've never done that before. Have you ever been say invited to something like a couple times I remember getting invited to a concert. My first response was I've never done that before. And there's things of that nature and more examples in our life. But this is the exact attitude 
that's never going to get you to grow, okay? You have to do the things that you've never done before to get to that point to grow faster. And lastly, how this being uncomfortable translates to training, it's called stimulated reps. There's a lot of research on the right rep ranges for, say, lifting or basketball reps, but the more and more research I've done, it's all about stimulated reps, okay? And stimulated reps equals the most uncomfortable reps. So you could have someone doing curls, for 20 reps with lighter weight, but those last five are super stimulated, it's gonna be the same and similar type of growth when someone does heavy weight, five of those reps, because those reps are stimulated right away. So if you're ever training, think stimulated reps in your brain, which means uncomfortable, because those are gonna be the highest growth exercises. So what does uncomfortable mean to you, Aaron? I believe that if you want to truly achieve some kind of goal or if you have some kind of goal set and you're working towards it, you it almost always requires an uncomfortable transformation or some kind of or for some kind of meaningful growth. There's a MLK quote that I wrote down that I thought fit in perfectly with this topic. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge. And controversy and I think it it's basically saying if you're just gonna take the easy road it's possible you can do that you can just do what makes you comfortable but that's not gonna help you grow you're not gonna move anywhere if you keep doing that when you put yourself outside of that and put yourself outside of the comfort zone, you're able to grow more and you're able to experience things that you've never experienced. I think that's really important. An example that I think of is when me and Jack, when we were our senior <laughs> year of high school, we used to go to these swim workouts that were required for cross country. So I had to go, but Jack would just show up on his own because he just, I think it made him uncomfortable. So he felt like he wanted to go do that, you know? And there are these, there were intense swim workouts. They're, they're pretty heavy on the lung. I think it, it was very beneficial to both of us. The weirdest part about those swim workouts, your body's like a thermal warm feeling as you're swimming because you're sweating, but it's in the pool. It's the weirdest feeling you've ever experienced. Okay. It is. That, the worst part wasn't even the, the workout. I think the worst part was waking up at 5.30 in the morning <laughs> and then getting in the freezing cold pool or whatever. That was but terrible. Like, you know, Jumping it, in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made us uncomfortable, you know? So I think it was, it didn't even just help us with our health. It helped us with, we learned about like accountability and things like that through that. So I think that was really important. Another thing I wanted to talk about was a lot of people nowadays are using things like social media and video games to kind of escape an uncomfortable reality. You have homework sitting next to you and then your video games sitting next to you. A lot of people now are choosing the video games now and then doing the homework later. And in terms of like friends too, you'll have people I've hear stories of my kids talking all the time and they'll be like, yeah, this one kid in our class, I don't think he goes outside because he's stuck on his video games. Like these kids would rather play video games or be on their phone than hang out with real people, which is actually a really big problem. Yeah. And it makes me think of all the things that we used to do when we were kids, you know, that we were just like, go do random things. We would explore places like it taught us a lot of lessons and we got in some trouble and we learned <laughs> from that, you know, but I think that social media, has, well, it has its benefits. It's definitely a distraction from some things that might be a little bit more important. For sure. We need some types of instant gratification in our lives, you know, to keep us sane, right? We can't just be working hard 24 seven, you know, mm -hmm. we need some breaks. We need some small wins for ourselves. Enjoyment, right? Mm -hmm. You got to enjoy your life while it's going on the process. The bigger picture wins are what really matter. You know, when you really work hard for something, when you really work hard towards a goal and you finally get that goal, those are unbeatable. You can't replace those with things like 
video game. If you look at examples of like some of the athletes that have gone through some crazy things, one person that I really admire is Jimmy Butler. Um, we saw him play in the NBA Finals this year, you know, and he plays with a certain type of grit and just he's a big dog, you know, that's what that's his mentality. And if you've heard his story, he was homeless when he I think he was like 12 when he mm -hmm. got like kicked yep. out of his house. And I read this story that he like faxed his college essay to Marquette from a McDonald's. Really? Um, yeah, and I just thought that was so crazy. Like, just how he had to, like, fight for himself for that long. And now we see that mentality is embodied in his play in the for NBA. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you can tell that Jimmy Butler went through a lot of uncomfortable things and a lot of uncomfortable transformations when he was growing up. And now you can just see how, how he handles adversity and how he is able to just fight through anything in the NBA, too. No, that that's a great example. He's all he's a dog. He's always fighting on the court. He, he He's fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players just because that's he's just always playing hard. And change change is like one of the only constant things in the world. You you have to learn to accept it. It's going to happen. And when people start to accept change, that's when they can really start living more peacefully, I guess, you know, living calmer. Just you have to become adaptable. Criticism goes along with that as well, with change. When criticism and change can be uncomfortable things, right? So sure. when we learn to like deal with these and we learn how to deal with these that's how we're really going to be able to change and better ourselves you know jack you you ask people for criticism on your podcast because you want to know how to better yourself you know it may be uncomfortable hearing like negative things towards it but when you hear it and you're able to change from that and you're able to grow from that you know it can be a really helpful thing and you make your podcast way better right that's that's a really good point a couple um things that i i myself try to do and i know jack does some of these as well to deal with things like stress and being uncomfortable. So one thing that I, I always try to do is I reframe my thoughts. I try to take away negative things out of them instead of saying like, I have to do this homework and I don't want to do it. You have an opportunity to learn something so you're able to do better on your tests and get better grades. Things like that. So this is gonna, we'll do a whole separate podcast on this, what I'm about to say right now, but that gets directly into Aaron. But I talk to my kids about this constantly and it's perception is reality. So a lot of kids when they're doing, I always do really hard drills because this way I know they're gonna grow faster if they do the really ones that they're really bad at. But a lot of times when they do this, they're like, how is this possible? I can't do this and things of that nature. And the reflex of like, how do I do this? That's coming from a negative rhetoric meaning our thoughts, okay? And if perception is reality, okay, and our perception is how do we do this? Is this even possible? I can't do this. Then our reality is we're not gonna be able to do it. We're never gonna be able to figure it out. Negative thoughts equal negative reality. And I thought that was that was a really good point by you, Aaron. Going along with that, I think a lot of people lose focus or lose sight that you control your own mind. You know, you're not fighting against your mind. Your mind is part of you. You are able to like control what you think. When you do that, you're able to just, you're able to do a lot more than your body thinks you can. That, that um, was really good. One of my coaches that I had in high school, Brandon Miles, he always would 
preach that your body can do so much more than your mind thinks, but your mind stops you before you're able to reach that limit. So it's not like, you know, if you do, if you're thinking about stopping or quitting, like two more reps, what's two more reps? You can do two more reps. You're just, your mind is becoming weak and it doesn't think you can, but your body is obviously capable of doing two more. Did what's, do you know that story of that guy that like, fell off a cliff and broke his legs and he'd draw a line to where he had to get to each time to like crawl to that spot have you ever heard this you know i, I got like I we got to figure actually. out his name but he would draw this line his whole lower part of his body was broken he fell off this cliff and to get to safety and to the city where people could save him he would draw this line on the ground that he could crawl to and then he'd draw another line and he'd crawl to and it was some staggering stat of miles that this dude crawled to survive but that's a great example of you can go so much farther than you actually think mm -hmm. you can yeah when i would uh when i was in high school and i was like running in my races you you feel yourself tighten up with like 300 meters to go in the 800 you know you feel like you're like if i gave up right now i'd still be dead but <laughs> those last 300 are like so important and you just something switches in your mind and you're like all i have is 300 to go and then you just have to leave every single thing you have left out there and even it, the even the times when we do think we left every single thing out there there's just a little bit more we probably oh yeah. could have done oh yeah and i think there's always going to be a little bit more than you mm -hmm. could have done even when you finish you when you see that light at the end of the tunnel you almost it almost makes you weaker because mm -hmm. you want to you're like okay it's right there i'm close enough in reality when you when you make a habit of that of just being close enough instead of there it turns into that's how you'll finish every single time you want to be able to do 10 out of 10 reps instead of 9 out of 10 9 out of 10 is is close but it's not there yeah because all those shortcuts you would be taking those would stack up over time mm -hmm. so in terms of how i handle stress you guys and when i am in uncomfortable situations i always go back to a quote that my dad always said it was whatever i can't control i turn over to god and if you truly implement this quote it's a it's a simple sentence but if you truly implemented this life becomes really simple and a real life example and again i'm stretching outside my comfort zone right now by saying this is i'll always stress about not finding the right person to marry one day it's a it's a super weird stressing and nervous thing to think about but i was so blessed with such a good family growing up that i just want the same for my kids and i stress that if i don't find that right person it's not going to happen but in reality this is such a foolish thing to stress and be nervous about because i can't cannot control what the future holds, okay? Only God can control what the future holds. So whenever I get in this form of thinking and being nervous about that, I'll just hand it over to God and I'll say to myself, all right, everything happens for a reason. Whatever happens, it's gonna work out for the better. And if you do this, life becomes so simple and you actually have time to enjoy it. Most people get to the end of their life and they're like, wow, I didn't sit back and enjoy it. I was always worrying about the wrong things. Just always focus on worrying about the things that you can control and not the things that you can't. And an example of this would be like, my coach doesn't like me. Is the stock market going to crash? What if I can't have kids one day? And this is one I have all the time because if I couldn't have kids one day, that would devastate me. But again, 
everything happens for a reason and I can't control that. But those are just some examples of things I think people stress about normally that they have no effect on that they could just not think about and their life would be so much better. That that quote from your dad is probably my favorite quote that, that I've heard from him. I really try to apply that to my own life. Stress, it's, it's inevitable. You know, people become stressed out about everything, especially, you know, in today's world, there's so much uncertainty and all that. It's easy to become stressed out about things, but it's basically all about how you accept it and how you kind of deal with it. You're going to run from it. It's not going to help you. That's going to create more stress for you in the long run. You got to be able to control what you can control. And then the things you can't control, you know, turn over to God. An example for me is I have no clue what I want to do after school. And I worry about it a lot. I go over different things, you know, that I want to do. And then I find some I don't like about it. And then I'm on to the next thing. But rather than, you know, sitting around thinking like, oh, I'm never going to be able to find something that I want to do. I just kind of, I have to go on living my life. I think that eventually I'm going to come across something that I'm going to be really passionate about. You have to, you can't just sit around waiting for the answers to come to you. I think causes a lot of people stress is people try to do everything they can for other people, things like that. Sometimes you have to be able to put yourself first sometimes. Sometimes it is okay to say no. If someone asks you to hang out, and you need to get stuff done, you're not at their expense. You have to you have to be able to say no and get your own stuff done, right? There's also, you may want to go hang out with them, but you need to consciously know that this stuff needs to come first, and then, then you can go hang out with your friends. I try to ahead of it as much as I can. There's ways to avoid stress. If you're putting things off, like we talked about, that's gonna cause you more stress in the future. And then the last thing that I have, you really need to truly be grateful for everything you have in life. You know, homework may be boring sometimes, but you have to be grateful that you have an opportunity to do better on tests. Doing sprints at practice, they may suck. You may be really tired and you may be mad at your coach. You have to look at it as an opportunity to get ahead of your opponent. You know, your coach isn't doing this because he's mad at you. Your coach is only doing this to try to make you better. So all in all, rather than looking at things as requirements, really, you should look at them as opportunities. Regrets is pointless. If you could go back in time, I'm sure you would change some things. If I could go back in time, I would change some things. But you can't go back in time. There's nothing you can do about it. So there's absolutely no point in worrying about it. All you can really do is learn from it. Yeah, you literally can't control the past. There's no way you can do that. One thing I forgot to mention too, if you don't believe in God or a higher sense of being, what benefit do you have by not believing that everything happens for a reason. Life is going to be much harder for you if you don't believe that. If you're stretching about things that you think you should control when you really can't, if you don't just let these things happen and understand that they do happen for a reason, you're not going to benefit from that in your life. So in reality, why wouldn't you just try to truly believe that? What I talked about earlier, opening up to you guys about my personal thoughts, like who I'm going to marry one day, or Aaron's personal thoughts of his fear of not knowing what he's going to do one day for his career. A lot of judgment can come with this. It may be uncomfortable for us to talk about, but we both know that we want to grow fast. And to do this, we have to have no fear and just don't hold back from who we truly are. Just from this little sitting today, this hour recording of a podcast, me and Aaron are both growing from this tremendously. You want to get in the speed round, Aaron? Let's do it. I don't have my phone right now. We'll, we'll just count to 10 seconds okay. in my head. If you could make a large animal small, what would it be? I heard this one in the last podcast. I was thinking about it in my own head. I would say a bear because I think they would be really 
cute if they were just smaller. You That's know, and true. They couldn't kill you. That's really good. A shout out to my Coombs family again. Apparently, they loved when I said whale. Apparently, they thought that was really funny. I'll give you a little extra time for this, but I'm stealing a lot of Sam's question from the last one. But what's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Well, I mean, that quote from your dad that really sticks with me: "The control what you can control." You know, because mm -hmm. I've always had a lot of stress in my life, and it was a lot of it was unneeded. So I could say that, but you know, we already talked about that. So I'm trying to think of another one. That's good. You got time. Yeah. One thing my grandpa that may not have directly given me this advice, but he he lived life with a smile on his face. You know, he's just always happy. It may be difficult to do that, but having a positive mindset is just probably one of the most important things you can do. That goes right back to perception is reality. Positive mm -hmm. thoughts equals positive reality. Mm -hmm. Last question I got for you. Who's your top five basketball players all time? Top five all time? <laughs> I'm not going to do the list that people get mad at me for. I'm going to say LeBron is the best player of all time. Michael Jordan is second. Kareem is third. I think all those three could be interchangeable. I agree. Um, but then I'm going to go with Magic and Bird. I just want to set this straight right now. Sam and Aaron both had LeBron at number one. I'm definitely MJ over LeBron. I just want to make that clear. Mm -hmm. I, I do think LeBron is better. I just I think that Kareem, MJ, and LeBron are all very hard to compare, and I think they could be interchangeable. That's good. That's a good top five. My questions that I have for you, what is your favorite wisconsin sports moment that you lived through packers badgers oh, or bucks that is really hard okay there's a lot of them yeah there's a lot of them if i couldn't pick when the packers won the super bowl in 2011 i remember jumping up and down on my couch like it was vividly like it was yesterday if i didn't pick that one it'd have to be when we were in sam smith's basement and aaron Rodgers he was running to the left and he threw that dart to dalvin cook yep. like right on the sideline yeah, like Devontae in the Adams. bread basket you said dalvin cook maybe it was jared cook, cook. jared cook yeah, is that, that it yeah dalvin, dalvin cook Vikings yeah running back. i don't know why i said that okay not dalvin cook jared <laughs> cook but it was just an incredible catch and yeah. i think it was like tied right and rogers yeah, was given like were... 30 seconds left mm -hmm. to score and then we were all like sitting i remember we were sitting behind the couch nervous to look at the field goal yep. and when mason crosby made that field goal we all just started freaking out crazy that was awesome. So if you could sit down and have dinner with two people, any two people from any time period, they could be dead or alive, who would you sit down with? Wow. A, you can have more time too. This is a tough one too. Oh my gosh. I tried to challenge you a little bit, making you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good job of that. <laughs> so two people? Yep. Okay, one of them I'll get out of the way. I would sit down with my dad again. There's a million things I could ask him mm -hmm. that I would ask him again. Other person, man. Do you even know your two people? No. <laughs> <laughs> I totally couldn't come up with my definite top two, but I just watched a recent Netflix show on an interview between Dave Letterman and Obama. And I want to know how Obama became such a good speaker. And yeah, so yeah. if I if I wanted to talk to someone, I would want to ask Obama how he became such a good speaker so that'd I could be, have that trade. That'd that's, be a good one. That's what I would ask him. Is there... A single athlete that you find the most influential that you maybe like mirror them or like model your game after them or you think that they have a really cool try to philosophy or, or of that something of that sort do you have a an athlete that you think of like that so currently in terms of influential i think mj influenced the game more than anyone mm -hmm. ever in any sport in terms of right now someone i model my game after would definitely be damian lillard just in the way he plays i play very similar to him but one thing that i love about damian lillard is he rewards loyalty and i think that's such a huge thing for everyone to do and 
if you're running a business, always just remember to reward loyalty. That's something my dad always told me, and that's what I'm doing now with Close the Gate. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, Aaron. And if someone really was intrigued by what you were teaching and what you were talking about, do you want to let them know how they can reach you through your Instagram or something? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could DM me on Instagram if you want. It's just Aaron Leverson, L-E-V-E-R-S-O-N. If you would rather just text me 608-381-4675. Anything you guys uh, need some advice or anything like that, I'm happy to help. Aaron's got a girlfriend, though, not like Sam, so do not... Yeah. Hit um, Aaron's number up, ladies. Thank you. Yes, please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gatekeepers, for listening to this podcast. We love it if you let us know how you liked us. Give us a rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to this on. This will allow us to reach a wider audience and impact more lives. If you have ever been a part of Close the Gate or have been following us along this journey, we would love it if you could also submit some testimonials. They can be video or text. This will help others see how much true change close the gate can make in a life we love as many questions as possible for new topics and of course always we want critique always strive for better you are never too good at something if you'd like to reach out with us for questions you can follow all our social media pages at ctg hoops tiktok twitter instagram subscribe to our youtube channel and of course subscribe to our podcast and all of these things you guys our podcast will be posted every single sunday there will be a new episode youtube there's content posted multiple times a week and on our social media we post multiple times a day every day you can reach out to us either at jack hummel at gmail.com or text 608-201-7384 thank you guys so much i'm coach jack We out, baby. Peace.